Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today our daf is Masachat Sukkah Kaf Gimel, Tractate Sukkah, folio page 23. The daf begins with the general principle of the Mishnah. Whenever the tree can be removed and the Sukkah can stand on its own, it is a kosher Sukkah and one can go up on Yom Tov. This daf consists of a short sugya followed by a longer one, which will conclude on tomorrow's daf. The shorter sugya seeks to establish that the Mishnah about the sukkah in the wagon and the boat is Rabbi Akiva's Mishnah. The proof is a Baraita, which states that for the one who makes the sukkah on top of a boat, Rabban Gamliel declares it invalid, whereas Rabbi Akiva says it is kosher. A ma'aseh, an event which establishes halachic precedent, is described. Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Akiva are on a boat, and Rabbi Akiva makes a sukkah on the top of the boat. The next day a wind blew and knocked it over. Rabban Gamliel said to him, Akiva, where is your sukkah now? According to Abaye, everyone agrees that a sukkah that cannot withstand the usual wind on dry land is not considered a sukkah, whereas a sukkah that can withstand an uncommon wind on land, everyone agrees is kosher. The matter of dispute is when it can withstand a common wind on land, but not an uncommon one, which is usual for the sea. Rabban Gamliel holds that a sukkah is a fixed dwelling, and because it cannot withstand the common sea wind, it is not considered a sukkah, whereas Rabbi Akiva holds that a sukkah is a temporary dwelling, and since it can withstand the common land wind, it is in fact kosher, even if the common sea wind blows it down. The next sukkah, which, as I mentioned, will conclude tomorrow, refers to the sukkah built on a camel. Once again, the question is asked, whose Mishnah is this? Here, the answer is Rabbi Meir, and a Baraita is brought which says that one who builds a sukkah on an animal Rabbi Meir declares it valid, but Rabbi Yehuda declares it invalid. What is the reason for Rabbi Yehuda? The verse in Sefer Devarim, Tetzai and Yud Gimel, Deuteronomy 16.13, says you should make the holiday of Sukkot for seven days, which implies that the Sukkah must be suitable for all seven days. Only then is it worthy of the name Sukkah. Rabbi Meir, on the other hand, argues that a sukkah made on an animal also fits the Torah's commandments. For it is only the rabbis who forbid the use of animals on Shabbat and Yom Tov. But, if one uses the animal for a wall of the sukkah, then Rabbi Meir invalidates, whereas Rabbi Yehuda declares it kosher. For Rabbi Meir holds that anything that has a breath of life in it cannot be used as a wall of a sukkah or as a lachi for an alleyway, or for partitions around watering stations, or to cover a grave. In the name of Rabbi Yossi the Galilean, they said, 
that one does not write divorce documents on animals either. What is the reasoning of Rabbi Meir? According to Abaye, Rabbi Meir is afraid that the animal will die, and therefore the wall will cease to be at least 10 tefachim high. According to Rabbi Zeira, Rabbi Meir is afraid that the animal will run away, removing the wall altogether. The Talmud says that an elephant that is tied to a post, no one disputes, because it cannot flee, and even if it dies, the carcass is tall enough for a kosher wall. So the dispute must be about an elephant that is not tied. For the one who says, lest the animal die, we are not concerned. But the one who says it is a decree, lest the animal run away, we are concerned, because the animal can, in fact, run away. But, the Talmud asks, should not the one who is concerned about the more remote possibility of the elephant dying be also concerned about the more likely possibility that the animal will run away? Therefore, the disagreement must be about a tied elephant. Here, the one who is concerned about the animal dying is concerned that the wall will cease to be ten fachim high, while the one who is concerned about the animal fleeing is not concerned in this case. But does not the one concerned with fleeing also have to be concerned with death? The Talmud says no. It is an infrequent occurrence, one too rare to be subject to Gezerot. Now the question is raised. How can the animal be a valid partition because the space between his front legs and hind legs would render it invalid? In our case, the space has been filled in with tree branches. Should we not be concerned that the animal will lay down? No, the animal is propped up with cords. But then why should we be, concern be concerned that the animal will die, since it will still be propped up? The concern is where the animal is barely within three tvachim of the schach. If it dies, even a little sag will render the sukkah defective, and because it is hardly noticeable, the owner will not necessarily repair it. The Talmud now asks, how can Rabbi Meir be said to be concerned with death, and Rabbi Yehuda not? For Mishnah and Gitin says that if the daughter of a non-Kohen married to a Kohen who went abroad, she, the woman, can still eat truma on the assumption that her husband is still alive. But in the bright of Ratabera in the Mishnah, it says that if a man seeks to give his wife a conditional get, retroactive to a moment before he dies, the woman is forbidden immediately to eat truma, which would seem to contradict the Mishnah, which permits the woman to eat truma on the basis that her husband is still alive. Abaye explains the contradiction by saying the Mishnah is taught by Rabbi Meir and the Baraita by Rabbi Yehuda. So it is Rabbi Yehuda who is concerned with death and not Rabbi Meir. Another bright is brought concerning one who bought wine from Kutim and wishes to drink it before the proper portions have been separated. One can do so verbally, that is, separate the tithes and other priestly portions, so that one can drink the wine right away, according to Rabbi Meir. We will finish this tomorrow. Until then. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.